Welcome to a special World Retail Congress 2023 bonus episode of the Remarkable Retail Podcast presented by Marketile. I'm Michael LeBlanc. And I'm Steve Dennis. We are live together, Steve, above the Balleric Sea in the beautiful Arts Barcelona podcasting suite. Uh, Steve, what were your expectations coming here to Spain for the conference? I didn't expect a kind of Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> uh, no one expects the Spanish, Spanish Inquisition. Inquisition. I, <laughs> a little classic Bonnie Python. I, I did, and I did not. I, I expected tapas, and I got tapas. And, and plenty of delicious. Plenty, plenty of delicious Spanish food, yep. and uh, uh, very low on the Inquisition part, thankfully. <laughs> But uh, no, I expected uh, lots of great content, uh, but I am very struck as we sit here trying to paint a picture because, you know, mm. it's the radio of the mind, or is that what, it, yes. what we call that? Or yes. Theater of the mind. Theater of the mind. There we uh, go. I can see La Sagrada Familia, which is now in, I think, like its 100th year of being built. Yeah. And the zoo and the sea. And so it's quite, quite lovely here. So uh, I did expect a lovely time. But yeah. Uh, yeah. No, the conference, uh, I, I have. Uh, I've been to the World Retail Congress one other time, actually, when mm-hmm. it was in Madrid. That was five years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that I expected, which turned out to be true, is very uh, senior level of participation. Mm-hmm. And uh, so lots of senior leaders on stage and at the event. Mm-hmm. Uh, very intimate setting and yeah. uh, lots of great content and conversation. And we'll get into a little more about uh, the conference itself, just to kind of, again, the theater of the mind paint the picture for uh, for the listeners about this event in case they haven't gone or they're curious. Let's start at the beginning where uh, you and I started the event, just kind of pre-event. Uh, we did a, a store tour organized yep. by the WRC. We saw some of the beautiful city on the way, and then we were hosted by a VIP at our first stop, Primark's Barcelona flagship store. Yeah, I think this is the first time I've been on this kind of store tour where the CEO of the company mm-hmm. was there, as well as the, I believe it was the area director, the yeah. country director, yeah. the store manager. So it was quite a VIP of group, yeah, of, yeah. Uh, group of folks uh, at the Primark flagship store mm-hmm. in, uh, in Barcelona, in the Plaza de Catalunya. A really interesting store. Uh, I think it was five or six levels. I can't. Yeah. I guess five levels of retail. And then we got to see the uh, behind the scenes. Little, as, yeah. Back well. office stuff. Yeah. Renovated building. So uh, really, really interesting to learn much more about the company. Of course, we had Kevin Tulip, who runs the mm-hmm. uh, U.S. on the podcast before. Yeah. So not unfamiliar right. with the company. But to hear the CEO and, and uh, the rest of the team talk about it and get to see this beautiful building, one yeah. of the biggest stores. I guess, in the fleet was uh, mm-hmm. quite interesting. Uh, let's get to the Congress itself. Now, as, again, we want to give the listeners a sense of what made the event worthwhile coming because we, you know, it's, it's not uh, a near close event. It's a, it's a bit of a hike to get here, uh, at, for us at least. And what stood out overall from you from a conference event perspective? Like what, what mm-hmm. you know, when you walk away and think about the conference and describe it on the elevator, what, how would you describe it? I think a few things. Um, well, first of all, for folks that have been to the NRF conference or Shop Talk, much, much smaller. I think eight or 900 people. I don't know if you heard the final yeah. number. So much smaller. It's in a hotel. Yeah. Uh, so just the landscape that you have to cover yeah. makes it much more much more intimate. And not a Vegas Mandalay Bay size hotel. I, I was loving the fact I could get to the elevator in 30 seconds and get to the conference in like a minute and yeah. a half. Right. So, yeah. you know. I guess I would say kind of top of mind is, you know, small, intimate, much more senior in Mm -hmm. terms of the mix of the attendees being CEO. Special, not big, I think I might put in your vernacular. Yes, exactly. Special, not big. And I guess because of the more intimate size, 
the themes, uh, so they have these three themes, resilient retail, transformational mm. retail, purposeful retail, which was mostly about sustainability. Uh, it was just kind of a little easier to focus, I guess, yeah. both on people as well as the material. Yeah, what I, what I uh, observed about it, all those things, and uh, a very senior level of participants, and they stuck around. Like, Yeah, that was the other thing, right. Right? So, I'm, you know, the, the president of uh, Marks and Spencer and, and uh, Primark, I mean, they were here the whole time. They were Correct. amongst the people, so to speak. Where yes. you, you know, where, you know, other conferences, NRF or Shop Talk, they come in, you see them on the stage, and they're whisked away, and you right. never see them again. Now, they could be there. They could be in meetings, but you never really have a chance to kind of... No, I, you're absolutely right. And I, I, I spoke, uh, Mindy Grossman, who we have on, had mm-hmm. on the podcast, uh, not yeah. only did I, you know, it was very easy to walk up to her. I, I mean, I know her a little bit, so it wasn't, yeah, yeah. she may have ignored me. <laughs> she had not <laughs> been on the podcast or met me before, but, uh, but I kept running into her. Yeah. She won uh, an award. We should yeah, uh, acknowledge she, she her great a, uh, career. She won a, uh, an award here, yeah, kind of the, like uh, a lifetime uh, achievement yeah, award. Yeah, so yeah, it was very. I mean, I, I did keep seeing the same people. Mm-hmm. It was very easy just to uh, stroll on up and introduce yourself, yeah. not necessarily fight through the crowds or forty yeah. people standing around trying to get their attention. So I really like that. Yeah, I really love that. All right, now you were on stage yourself. Uh, not Correct. only were we uh, were we here and doing some podcasting, but you were uh, on stage yourself. Now it's a bit of a different. You were a, a, a bit of a different format, which was, I, yeah. I, you know, as a, as a keynote speaker myself, I'm not sure how I deal with it. Talk about that a little bit. Well, there were two things that were different. I think the thing you're referring to is it was a quote unquote silent session. Yeah. So they ran two talks, I guess, simultaneously in the same room. And so <laughs> right. all the participants were wearing headphones. Right. And, um, and, and we were far enough on the stage away from each other. Uh, well, the other actually, the other session that was going on was a panel, mm. not not a talk. But could you, uh, could you see the panel? I could see absolutely. I could see it. They were <laughs> well to the side. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, and I could hear them a little bit. But yes, everybody was wearing headphones, not because it was being translated. I mean, I've done that a couple of times. Just the before. silent room. Thing, it was yeah. just the silence. So it was it was it was a bit odd. The other thing was that uh, it was a fifteen minute talk. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was meant to be kind of a TED style yeah, talk. Yeah. And uh, and that goes by, yeah. Know, well, anybody who's seen me present before knows yeah. that uh, that that's challenging for me. And, and did you did you do the Scott Galloway tradecraft uh, presentation where <laughs> right I have, through? I have thirty five slides. I'm going to skip a bunch of these slides. I love Scott's I, presentation. I did we'll not. I did not. I would say I had a little <laughs> bit of issue of time time management. But I guess what I would say about it. Well, first of all, just a uh, just a quick mention of of the content. So I took sure. some of my own advice. And decided to do a little experimentation. So I presented a bit of material from the book that I'm working mm. on, which mm. will be out next year. And uh, so it was the first time I've been in front of an audience sharing any of that. Taking it for a test drive? Yes. And so uh, in retrospect, I probably should have practiced a bit more. <laughs> but uh, I, I learned. Well, what, what, what is I it that you lot. said in your book about Saturday Night Live? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, the show doesn't go on because it's ready. It goes on because it's eleven thirty. So yeah. in my case, I think it was twelve ten. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now you said, and and I, I commiserate with this that one of the key indicators for because it's a little hard. It's a silent room. You know, you're trying to read the crowd, but uh, I always look for that. It's one key moment. Is anybody doing a particular thing? And you mentioned on one slide they did. Yeah. Well, so I really presented. Two fundamental things, uh, and then I'll answer your question directly. It was around uh, you know why transformations fail, and really the kind of key point is they fall short on ambition. Mm. They don't aim kind of high enough or make mm-hmm. profound enough changes, and they fall short on pace. They don't trans companies don't transform 
at the speed of disruption, as I like to say. And so I had a, a graphic for that. And then I also talked about these seven leadership mind shifts that people need to make. And I presented that as a build. And so people were watching it. And then when I got mm. to the last slide and all seven mm. were up on the screen, like everybody's phone went up and <laughs> took a picture moment. of it. Magic moment for a So I, I hope that that, that is a, a sign that I captured their imagination. And then I had a lot of people ask me for a copy of the slides, and I said, mm. no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, Read a work. the book. Read well, the book. A, a, it's a work in progress, and, yeah. it, and it may change. But yes, uh, right. I, I don't, I don't want to have too much of this material out uh, significantly in advance of the book coming out. But it, but it was... Uh, it was a bit scary to, uh, to you know, do a trial run, but uh, well, taking your own advice, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, take a bigger risk and uh, get out there and and uh, take it for a test run. Now, we were a gold media sponsor, we being the Rockwell Retail mm-hmm. Podcast uh, of the event, so we hosted, uh, we did our pop up studio in and amongst the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, we hosted several thought leaders, uh, starting with Sally from Spencer Stewart, two Martins, and a whim to be named <laughs> later. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, so one of the things we wanted to do is focus on some of the speakers that would bring a different perspective. And so Sally Elliott, who runs uh, Search uh, Retail and Consumer Search worldwide for mm. Spencer Stewart, which mm-hmm. is a pretty big job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, really talking about leadership, so people get to hear that in a couple weeks, I guess. And uh, Martin Newman, who's a customer centricity expert, uh, joining us on the Rethink Retail Top 100 Influencer yep. list. Uh, oh, Martin Aruthia, who runs. Uh, innovation for Lego. I love that. I mean, I loved yeah. all the conversations, yeah. but I, I, I was enthralled by yeah. Lego's approach, and just it really speaks to a lot of the work. Yeah, that incredibly you interesting. So we'll, we'll tease, we'll tease that mm-hmm. as well. And then uh, timing wise, we weren't able to get uh, Wim or Wim Blau. He's, mm-hmm. uh, he's from uh, the Netherlands. Yep. Who um, is a senior guy at IKEA Group, yeah. chief uh, digital officer. Chief I think. Digital but we officer. did meet him. They were kind enough to bring yes, him over. Uh, we couldn't fit him in, but he came yes. over and said hi. It was he's, right. So we'll record him in a few weeks, yeah. and that yeah. uh, that'll be on. So yeah, I thought it was really great uh, conversations, getting some different perspectives in terms of content, in terms of what's been on the pod, but also you know much yeah. more from a uh, European or global perspective. We also missed uh, Christina Rogers, who uh, didn't make it over uh, the ocean to the event, so we're going to grab her. She's the, the top EY uh, global uh, consumer thought leader, so we're going to get her on the pod at uh, some point as well. Yes. Uh, and uh, all right, well, let's get to the main themes. Let's start there. Like, So uh, you touched on what they set out to be, the mm-hmm. main themes, but as you kind of sit here today on the on the Friday after the event, uh, what what jumps out at you as as what you heard from the stage? I think the two big things, again, like we talked about with Shop Talk, and I guess we've been touching on. I mean, artificial intelligence. I mean that. Yeah, that was. There were a number of times various speakers coming back to that. How transformational it can be. Uh, I just mentioned briefly. I had a side speaking of E and had a side conversation. Uh, went to the E and Y suite that they had and got to see uh, a demo of mm. the way they're applying artificial intelligence. Um, so that was, that was super, super interesting to kind of sure. see the applications and how you train these models and so forth. But yeah. yeah, AI came up quite a lot more on sustainability here than I've seen at other conferences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Clearly that's something that comes up a lot, but I yeah. really felt, and I don't know that. You think that's a European thing? Well, or I was a senior gonna, leader. Like I, I was of two months. Is that, is that because we're in Europe and or is that because we're at a very senior level and this is what occupies the minds of, of the top CEOs? I don't know. Uh, I, I definitely have the sense that sustainability is taken more seriously in Europe than it is, mm-hmm. uh, at least in the United States. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of it. Um, mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I think it's much more on the on the minds of of CEOs. Just as I mean, I guess the other thing, if I had to kind of do two B, uh, a lot about the importance of people in the business, mm-hmm. the difficulty, you know, labor challenges, those mm-hmm. those kind of things, motivating people post COVID. I mean, it was, so yeah. that was that was that was part of it. I, I, you know what I thought? What struck me was uh, if I compare this to our most recent um, shop talk, there was uh, no mention from a historical or a learnings part about COVID. There was like, how do we act now? What changed because of the COVID era? But here right. I found there was a lot more discussion about how did you cope with COVID? So I, I think there, it's, a, it's just, a, I don't know how to characterize it. Maybe it's just, a, it's more, um, not more thoughtful necessarily, but they, I thought they dwelled more on how did you get through COVID than the lessons from COVID sometimes. Uh, yeah. did, you, did you get that sense? Yeah, and I, I, I think maybe some of that is because there were so many CEOs on stage, mm-hmm. and I think many of them reflected on how it was the most challenging period in their career, yeah. how they really felt a responsibility. I mean, to me, it was very optimistic yeah, from, yeah, a, from yeah. a standpoint of, you know, we really got into the personal mm-hmm. aspects, and I felt a responsibility uh, that was hard to lay yeah, off people, yeah. and, and obviously it's hard to lay off people. Like that's not interesting, yeah. but I felt it was a little bit more of an emotional connection mm-hmm. as opposed to, yes, we have to cut costs. That's difficult, you know. I, and the other thing that that struck me is the layers of complexity. So when you're a okay, let's say you're a retail CEO operating in the U.S. or Canada or whatever, you've got a country and you've got regions to deal with. But many of the CEOs we talked to had like 29 countries, 33 right. countries, 44 countries. Yes, like much a, more diverse than the typical American or Canadian. Yeah. Company. A, a lot more, a lot more complexity as well with the right. different regions. The way they, you know, we were talking to some folks from Indonesia for goodness sakes, and, right. and uh, they won the award for the longest. It takes to anybody to get to beer on like twenty three <laughs> hours or something. It made me feel fine about my eight hour flight. Um, all right, well, let's jump into any sessions or people that uh, that jumped out at you that you wanted to make uh, comments on. Well, I think by far, in terms of my own personal impression as well as the buzz at the conference, Scott Galloway was yeah. the rock star. Um, yeah, yeah, he did a. He was the main keynote, yeah. and he also did a Q&A session, which um, 40 or 50 of us got to go to, so yeah. I got to hear him there. And it was, if, if anybody has followed Scott, has listened to Scott, you're not going to be surprised. It was vintage Scott. It was vintage Scott, very provocative, yeah. um, set the land speed record for saying the F word, I think. <laughs> I love uh, what he well said as, on stage. He said, all right, I'm very vulgar, so you have to get used yes, to Yes, he it. did, to be fair, yeah. he did warn people. He, there, and, there's, and, no, and, there's no surprise. You, you know what you're getting, even if you haven't listened to him. And shout out, by the way, to Scott, because uh, I sent, we, st- we uh, had a chance to chat with him in the lobby. Yeah. Talk for a bit, and and uh, he was re- very very pivotal, uh, <laughs> so to speak, uh, in our history of our podcast because he, he he's still the number one still, episode still after most, uh, listened to years episode. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, vintage vintage Scott. Uh, you mentioned earlier, kind of rifling through the slides. It, uh, you know, I do uh, <laughs> Scott. If you're listening, I, I don't I don't mean any offense, but it does sort of bug me <laughs> as a you know I consider myself a professional speaker, though Scott certainly yeah. gets better and, and more uh, high paid gigs than I do. But in any event, uh, he had a lot of a lot of very provocative material. And if you listen to the podcast or, or get his newsletter, I mean, a lot of it you would have certainly yeah. heard before, but he does a great job. And yeah, yeah. I really think the other thing, uh, both on stage, but maybe more so in the, in the Q&A session, he really was taking on you know, kind of the evil of social media and yeah. what it's doing to our kids 
uh, as well as uh, kind of the what governments need to do around sustainability. And he basically yeah. said ESG at one level is BS. Yeah. Um, well, he said bullshit, but you know. Like, yeah, yeah. But uh, and and there was a lot of good back and forth on yeah. that. There was also a lot of good discussion about uh, underrepresentation. Mm. Uh, females and people of color on boards and in getting venture yeah. capital and all that kind of stuff. So he's not shy mm. about saying uh, what can be said. And I had a conversation with a, a very senior uh, person at a major consulting firm about it. And basically they, this person said that they loved Scott. And the other thing they said is, I wish I could say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what struck me about Scott's uh, uh, presentation also was, uh, and he did focus on, um, some retail content, knowing that there are a bunch of retails, and he focused on the luxury segment. Yeah, and I think what took a lot of people by surprise was that LVMH passed the market value of Nike. And I right. think I think you know, there's a lot of slides that I saw. Again, the phones go up, and then a lot of people mentioning in the, mm. the coffee chatter that yeah. uh, uh, that kind of layered on. So that was a great session. So what what uh, what? I mean, there's so many great sessions. Very. I was going to say, yeah, it's, it's, I was going back through the agenda and I was making a lot of notes, but you mm-hmm. know, it's not going to be a two hour episode. Yeah. So I guess the the other ones. Are, I mean, one of the um, it was kind of a combo session. We mentioned Mindy Grossman mm-hmm. earlier, mm-hmm. and I just find her an amazing, fascinating Absolutely. person. So it was a fireside yeah. chat, kind of about everything that she had done, which is. Frankly, if you want to hear it, yeah. listen to our podcast. Could have been half the conference, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, could have been. And, right. and of course, yeah, that's right. We have a yeah. bonus. We did a bonus episode. Bonus episode with her, and, yeah. and so uh, a lot of that we got we got into with her. Um, but then she did kind of the tables were turned, and she did mm. a fireside chat with a partner at uh, the firm that uh, she's now associated with, yeah. and uh, a guy named Oscar Salazar. Yeah. Who, is, who went to school in Canada, by the way. Uh, give him McGill, I believe. <laughs> yeah, is that right? right? Yes. <laughs> and uh, he's one of the founders of Uber, a tech guy. And yeah. I found him to be just incredibly interesting in terms of, it's very hard mm-hmm. for me to, I mean, I can't possibly try to distill down mm-hmm. all the knowledge that he dropped. But I felt that his ability to explain technology and its applications and what we should uh, pay attention to was super, super fascinating. Like I, I was like, okay, I could... Yeah. I could be here for another couple hours yeah, yeah. with this guy. But then, you know, there were there was everything from um, uh, Stuart Manchin, who runs Marks & Spencer. Mm-hmm. Uh, just his perspective on leadership was super interesting. Yeah. Um, we mentioned Wim Blau earlier talking about innovation yeah. at Ikea. I mean, it, yeah. you know, it covered such a wide mm-hmm. landscape. Um, I guess the last thing I'll say quickly and, and then get your impressions is, um, and you kind of touched on this earlier, Several of the leaders, like for example, there was a top guy from Mango. Mm. Just the the breadth of and complexity of their operation, as you yeah. as you talked about, like yeah. really hearing that and and how they deal with the you know, balancing um, companies they they or the stores they operate directly with yeah. franchisees, yeah. all the cultural differences, new technology. I mean, it's much more, much more of a, I don't want to say more of a rich discussion, but mm-hmm. in some ways, mm-hmm. much richer than, you know, when you talk to a CEO that just operates in one country. Yeah, uh, which is an impressive accomplishment. They've got lots of stores, lots of people, lots of complexity, but just that, uh, you know, this, this pan-national idea. I, I went to, uh, I, like you went to a bunch, uh, I went to the Future of Retail session, which was quite good. I went to see uh, Suzanne Long, who was our guest right. uh, for a bonus episode. She's so impressive and, and equally impressive on the stage. She was with a couple of CE retail CEOs who operated in 
you know, a bazillion countries. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, what was here's what I thought was interesting. I want to get your impression on this. Uh, the, the lead for McKinsey uh, opened up with about a 10-minute, here's our perspective. And he said, here's the one to five issues in grocery. Number one was affordability and inflation. And that's mm-hmm. really, you know, take the U.K., who really did an own goal if you're a, right. if you're a, a football fan. Uh, with Brexit. That came out from Scott, who lives <laughs> in the UK. Everybody laughed at that. Um, not that phraseology, but, you know, they said one is this, two is this, you know, e-com, and, and then five is people. And I was struck occasionally, and Matt, uh, Matt Shea was, uh, was, was uh, broadcasting. He wasn't here uh, in person, but he was on a, a panel to close out or close to the close with other associations from the UK and it was funny because one of his first comments, he had two main themes. What, you know, what's going on in the States? He had two main themes. One is, is a shrink and crime uh, are for our retailers are out of control. Yeah. Not out of control. That's the wrong thing. And he, he may, he's, he's, you know, Matt's, uh, Matt's been on the podcast as well right. and from the NRF. And he said, listen, it's not a retail issue because if it was a retail issue, we could solve it. We're, you know, retail as right. an industry is pretty good yeah. at solving complex problems. It's, it's a societal issue, which I thought was very insightful. And then secondly, people, he said, like, there, you know, there's 800,000 jobs. We don't have enough people, people, people. And compare that against McKinsey, who says, well, it's number five, uh, yeah. almost an afterthought. So I'm like, right. is it different here in Europe and other parts of the world than it is in North America? It's certainly the same in Canada. You can't find yeah. those people. So that left me, left me wondering. It left, just left me thinking, you know? Yeah. I, I, well, I, I guess I don't have enough um, experience to say how different it is in Europe versus North America yeah. versus Asia or whatever. But my general sense is that the shortage of labor issues, you know, some of it's related to COVID, some of it's related to demographics, some yeah. of it's related to immigration, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So different, I, think, I mean, different demographics in Africa, for example. Right. It's, not, it's a younger country. It's not... It's, right. So know, I think there are some continent, differences. Sorry, not country. Yes, continent. continent. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's an own goal. Um, but... Uh, so I so I don't know I mean you know at the at one level the number of people that talked about mm. as as I've heard my entire career you know people are our most important assets like that's a very trite thing to say but it's also true yeah. in a lot of respects yeah. and I think from a customer experience standpoint if you can't staff the key jobs um, I mean just the, even the number this is a bit of a digression but. Um, you, the number of retail stores that I see around the world where there's a line out the door mm-hmm. and, you know, it tends to be more luxury, yeah. but some of that is related to the shrink issue. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. it's a loss prevent. So we saw that at the Chanel store. Absolutely. Tour, right. Example. And yeah. so I think there absolutely in general is a shortage mm. of, of people and it's not even, and sometimes, you know, the people you can get are not necessarily the best trained or the yep. most experienced or whatever. So that impacts the customer experience. Mm. So it's hard to not see the this shortage of labor and the difficulties retaining labor and training and all that kind of stuff as a as a major issue for just about every retailer. Yeah. So that was a bit mysterious. Yeah. I mean certainly if we go all the way back to the beginning of our tour at Primark, I mean they took us up to back uh, of a house to just show us how right. and where they set up for the associates and they're very associate focused and mm-hmm. and you know they're very focused on their people. So it, I don't know, it was almost like a um I wouldn't call it a paradox by any means, but yeah. it was it was interesting, and it just it just makes me think. Now, there's a bunch of other sessions, uh, and I'm sure the content is going to come up on the pod as just as you and I talk over the course of the many episodes to follow. Just going to kind of percolate in there. Is there any other you know one la- any other last comments uh, before we sign off on this uh, bonus episode? Uh, I think what I would say as more of a theme, 
Uh, it's not a particular session. And it gets back a little bit to what you were saying in relationship to how uh, folks talked about COVID. Mm-hmm. Felt like it was a pretty optimistic tone. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Even though plenty of people alluded, I mean, just the labor shortage, you know, like there's inflation, there's labor shortage, but people certainly pointed. Not to, without challenges. Uh, and, and Ira Kalish, who we've had mm-hmm. on the pod, he gave an update on his economic outlook. And there's a lot of headwinds, or whatever you want to call them, a lot of bumps in the road that people are expecting. So it wasn't like, People were dismissing that. Yeah, yeah. But I would say the tone, people were excited. There was a lot of optimism. Um, so that was, you know, I, I just enjoy yeah. hearing that because sometimes you get a little bit, yeah. know, particularly listening to this podcast, you get a little bit too much doom and gloom. <laughs> well, and, and just to end, I, it kind of where we begin, Scott Galloway was talking about that in his presentation. He says, like, the more you talk about it, the less it happens in my experience because mm-hmm. we've been talking about it. It's going to be next month for the last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. The recession is just around <laughs> around the corner. You know, it's happening. Right. The recession is going to start next month and yeah, every for 18 months. Yeah. So anyway, listen, great, great event. Great to be uh, here with you, my friend. Uh, appreciate you. And we had some time to go walk around the city and it mm-hmm. was great. Uh, we'll be together again uh, in July in New York City for the lead. Yes. We'll mm-hmm. be on stage with uh, our friend Simeon Sigel. But uh, until then, uh, safe travels on the way home. You're sticking around. We'll talk about that in the main pod. <laughs> but uh, for now, thanks again to our friends at... Uh, at Marketoff as our presenting sponsor and um, enjoy. And, and I'd say, um, you know, if you can, mark your calendar for the World Retail Congress 2024. I might be in Rome, but it's a definitely a very worthwhile considering yeah. event to attend. Yeah. Amongst our weaponry are such diverse elements as fear, surprise, ruthless efficiency, and almost fanatical devotion to the Pope and nice red uniform. Oh, damn. <laughs> I, I can't say it. You will have to say it. What? You'll have to say the bit about our chief weapons. Ah, I couldn't do that.